welcome everyone. Uh, it's really good to be dipping in again to our series Breathe and looking at the Holy Spirit. And I, for one, have loved this series. I've just found it so encouraging. Uh, it's challenging, isn't it, as well, actually, if we're honest, you know, thinking about what is the Holy Spirit, who is he, how is he at work. And I loved Jenny's talk last week, looking at the kind of beautiful ordinary of life, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But this bit, dare I say, is a little bit more tricky. The spiritual gifts. We're the fruits of the Spirit, they've all got beautiful names and we sort of understand what they look like in the outworking. But the spiritual gifts, we can have a mixed reaction. And I too can have a mixed reaction to them. As some days I think, yeah, I'm really in tune with what God's doing and ministering. And other times it feels a little bit strange. Um, and I wanted to just share, I, I met up with a friend this week, a friend who I've been friends with for almost as long as I've been alive, actually. We met in Toy Club when we were three. Um, and and uh, we met uh, this week and we're sharing our love of uh, sort of uh, naughty stories, really. Um, and uh, she said uh, she'd been listening to Lisa Tarbuck on Radio 2, where they have to phone in and sort of confess to certain things that they've done. It's very filtered, so when I say naughty, it's not that bad. But um, they phone in with things that they've been up to, a little bit of mischief. And there were two stories that uh, she shared with me that had uh, made her smile. One was... Um, of a art gallery in the southwest where uh, lots of people were enjoying the installations. And uh, a friend, a couple of friends, had seen a bucket in the corner where there was a leak in the roof, just a tin bucket on a little stool to catch the drips. And they thought it would be funny to just get one of the other numbers from the real pieces of art and pop it by the bucket on the stool and just see what people's reaction would be to this new installation. And they stayed around and loads of people were stopping taking photos, thinking about it, and uh, sort of trying to interpret it in their own way. Uh, the other story, I think, particularly resonates with what we're looking at this morning. Uh, this was of a couple who used to go into charity shops when they'd been invited to a wedding and find the most random gift, the most obscure ornamental item they could, buy it, wrap it up beautifully, and leave it on the table of wedding gifts to see what would happen. And then they would watch... <coughs> when they're visiting the homes over the years to see if it ever popped up and this peculiar thing was ever spotted. And they said sometimes it was there and sometimes they even wondered if they'd clocked that they were the givers and maybe got it out when they came round. Who knows? But I think the spiritual gifts can be a little bit like that. We know God's good, if we're honest. We know he's given them. Paul says right at the beginning of this passage, let's not be ignorant about them. We need to look into this, which is what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. Um, but there's something other about them. We know that we're given natural gifts and talents, and you will know if you know me at all that that's a big passion of mine. If you've stood still for longer than five minutes, I may have done your strength finder, but I am very, very passionate about our personalities and the way that God has naturally wired us to be in the natural of who we are, the without trying. But the good news is it gets even better than that in that he has given us spiritual gifts, charismata, charismatic gifts of his spirit, it, so that we can extend the kingdom of God and we can enjoy doing it. So in our Breathe series, there's an ease to this just as there's an ease to our natural talents. They are distinctive and we're going to look at that, but I think in my life certainly they overlap, that there's the spiritual working with our natural, natural and supernatural coming together. 
Imad Shadea says, if God was small enough to be comprehended, he would not be big enough to be worshipped. There is a mystery to the spiritual gifts that we don't fully understand, but nevertheless, humbly, we can say, God, we want to dip more into this. We want to go deeper into this. Why? Because there's a world out there that needs to be convinced of the good news of Jesus. The Holy Spirit points people to Jesus. That's what he does. It's who he is. As we heard a few weeks ago, he convicts and convinces us uh, towards Jesus. And the first verse here from Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, do not be ignorant or uninformed, uh, as Joe read. So actually what we're doing is in obedience today in saying, well, let's have a look at what they look like in playing out. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the gift of tongues. We're going to look at the gift of prophecy and look into those. But today, I just want to really set out really what they're for and reassure us that they are good. We're not to be afraid. And sometimes when we hear people speaking in tongues or prophesying, if that's not our particular gift, there can be a sense of, oh, they're a bit uber-Christian, or as Tim said when he introduced this series, they're for the kind of elite people who have the Holy Spirit. No, we all have the Holy Spirit within us. If we're a tiny baby Christian, he is within us. And therefore, we have these gifts within us. And different ones for different ones of us, and dare I say, different seasons we may draw on different gifts they are all there for our good Greg Moore says whatever you see Jesus doing in the gospels and the church doing in the book of Acts he has sent you and me to do that is a powerful revelation it really is isn't it because we look at Jesus and his encounters with people they always leave him added with something whether it's healing whether it's insight whether they've they had their lives spoken into but often if you see Jesus heal it's actually not really so much about the physical healing it's about the fact they encounter that Jesus is able to forgive their sin isn't it because I used to think you know when you first read it well why is it not about the miracle and Jesus would always say go in peace your sins are forgiven you in other words yes healing is important but to point people to Jesus's kingdom that is not just in the here and now but is in the eternal and that same power is given to us. So the gifts, as we break this down, the gifts are for good. They're not to be feared. They might seem like that random wedding present, but actually when we unpack it and look at it, they are good. They are for our good. They're good for the world, they're good for us, and they're good for the church. And we're going to unpack those three. So firstly, they are good for us. They are good for us. Now, how is that so? Well, I don't know about you, but does anyone here struggle with temptation? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm in good company. So there's a lot of us that are tempted by many things. And so, even in that battle, we have the gifts of the Spirit. If we are being tempted, we have those gifts. And we have one another ministering in those gifts. I didn't share this at the second, uh, first service, but I felt I should share this, that there was a time in my life, actually when I was in leadership here, when I was incredibly tempted to go into a wrong relationship. And on that day, I had two separate emails from our church, for different members in the church, who said, I don't know why I've sent you this, but this scripture is for you today. And both of them were to do with not looking to the left or the right, but walking the straight path. That's amazing. That could have been catastrophic for us, for the church, 
church and so on. But actually, those words spoke into my situation to keep me from sin. That was people ministering in their gifts, ministering in the spiritual gifts. And I used to think, particularly about the gift of tongues, that that was a really weird thing. <laughs> and uh, I, I wasn't really sure about it. And then I hit um, a low point in my life, and a lovely girl called Karen said, who I used to work with my old job, said, I think we need to pray for you to receive the gift of tongues, Judy. And I said, oh, no, thank you. I don't want that one, but thank you so much. But I, I really don't want that one. You know, I think it's a bit weird. Um, and she said, but you are being tortured by really dark thoughts here. You're spiraling. You're believing lies of the enemy. And I think this will help you in battle. And she felt there was a real battle waging around me, which there was at the time. And so she said, so... It will help you, Judy. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing weird. And I said, oh, okay. And that night, just in my bedroom at home where we were sharing this communal house, um, she prayed for me, and I received the gift of tongues. And I would say, often I'm fearful, as some of you will know. Often I'm going into situations where I do not know what to do, as many of us are all of the time. And I will use the gift of tongues to fortify me, to give me strength, to know that if I'm going into battle in any way, or if I'm needing confidence and lacking it that he is with me now that's for me personally um, and actually now I would say to you that it's been transformational for me I don't understand it fully but I do know it's something of heaven touching earth in my life and there will be different things for all of us good for us power to resist sin and power to live for Jesus so whether that's people sending words of encouragement I love it here where people share pictures or they'll they'll just come up and say I don't know if this means anything and you see how actually just one picture that somebody has been given ministers to sometimes three more people as the fellowship are together and that's why we need each other that's why we need one another so they are good for us and if you've ever doubted that or you've felt sort of fearful or you felt that's a bit random I would really encourage you today to just say have a look at this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 because Paul goes on to say that actually we're the body you know, that the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, that actually we're interlinked and we all need one another, like those faithful two that took the trouble to write to me on that day. And we all need each other. I'm in a triplet, as some of you know, and there are four of us because we're not very good at maths. And uh, we've travelled together for many years through thick and thin. They've travelled together longer than I've been with them. And one of them has definitely got the gift of faith. One of them has definitely got the gift of prophecy. And one of them has got... Um, I can't remember. <laughs> what was the other one? Wisdom. Wisdom. Thank you, Rachel. She was listening, the first one. Um, and um, how brilliant for me to have that from those, those three different women. Now, I know I'm very fortunate, and I hope that I give them perhaps the gift of encouragement as well and, and discernment. But actually, we need one another because some of those gifts... I don't particularly get words of uh, prophecy or pictures for people. Um, that, that hasn't been my gift. I'd love to have it more. I'd love to be one of those people who goes up to people in parks and says stuff, or I might get arrested. I don't know. But, you know, I, I would love that, but I don't, I don't have that. Other people do, and we're so grateful for that. So for all of us, it will be different. But let's not write 
write ourselves off and say, that's not for me. Secondly, good for the world. Because if we're honest, we see a world that is desperate for Jesus. We see a world that is desperate for hope. We see individuals all around us, people we interact with, people that we love and care for who still don't know the hope of Jesus. And it may well be, as we go to meet up with them, to have coffee with them, to work alongside them, that God just gives us a little word of encouragement, that we drop in, that we have no idea of the significance of it, but it points them towards a God who loves them. And again, I just encourage us to really this week intentionally say, okay, Holy Spirit, if you are in me and you're alive at work in me, even today, would you use me knowingly or unknowingly to encourage somebody with one of the spiritual gifts you've given me? And just see what happens. Because there's a boldness that I believe we're being called to as Riverside, to sort of step into this a little bit more, to actually say, no, let's, let's give this a try. Even if we're foolish, sometimes it's pride that stops me. You know, I can be naturally shy. I don't want people to suddenly think I'm weird. <laughs> you know, so you sort of think, oh, I won't do that. Um, I was sharing the first service of a, a lovely guy who travels a lot, who's a preacher, and uh, he was going to catch a plane, and he just said, Lord, I just want to put my earphones on. I want to just read my book or listen to my music. I do not want to talk to anyone. <laughs> I think it's probably a bit unwise to say that to God, I don't know, but he did. And he just wanted to get through onto the plane and on his way. And he thought he'd just stop for a quick Costa and then go through security or whatever. And he was getting his Costa and he saw this woman. He felt the Lord just say, I really would like you to go over and speak to her and just say, God sees you, that he sees her. And he said, no, that's weird. It's a bit odd. Man approaching a woman, a bit peculiar. No, thank you. And just carried on. But he felt, again, a real compulsion that he would be almost disobedient not to. And so he went and he said, I think I remember, he said, um, by the way, I'm not weird. <laughs> I just want to say something to you. It may make sense. It may not. But I, I'm a believer in God. And I just felt God saying, as, as I saw you, he sees you and he sees your life. And she started to cry. And her main problem is she felt that she was invisible that no one really noticed her or her life. Now, that's one person putting it out there. She could have turned around and slapped him on the face. She could have called screw. You know, there are a hundred things she could have done. But actually, when the dynamic of the Holy Spirit is at work, there's adventure. That's what I love about it. I can't explain it, but I know it makes our lives interesting every day because we don't know when we're on a dog walk who we're going to meet that we might be an encouragement to. We don't know how our text will land with somebody in a moment of need to point people to each other. Good for the world, pointing people to Jesus. And it's good for us as church. It's good for the church. The spiritual gifts are good for the church. Paul is very clear that we shouldn't have envy of one another, that actually these will pan out in a whole host of different ways. He says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service. Interestingly, what a humble way he introduces the gifts. This is service of the kingdom, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in them and in everyone is at the same God at work. Now to each one of the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. So again, that word good. These are good gifts 
for everyone. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of the tongues. And just in that, you see how we need each other, don't you? Because somebody might have a tongue and share it, and that has happened in services many times, and then we wait and we see for the interpretation that somebody else brings. And doesn't that tell us a lot about the Holy Spirit and who he is? He could just give it to the one, but he gives it to the two or the more because he wants us to fellowship with one another. He wants that connection. He wants the hand to know they need the foot or the head to know that it needs the the neck and so on, that we need one another. Aaron Nequist says, God has given a spiritual gift to the church in you, and you dare not keep it to yourself. Now, that's quite badass, isn't it? But I like that. It's really saying, you know, if you just say, oh, yeah, that stuff's not really for me, I'll, I'll just carry on as me, then actually we as church are missing out because there may be somebody that you can pray for or encourage uh, or help with administration or teaching or some of the other gifts that we'll look at in the New Testament as well. Because the, the beauty is really that actually the, the body across the generations are coming together. Every gift of God is empowered by love and expressed by faith, Kingsley Manuel says. And I love that because it's so reassuring. Every gift of God is empowered by love. He would not give us these gifts to make us weird and random (laughs) and other. He gives us these gifts to actually put us in society, to, to spread his love, to spread his hope, to spread his joy, and to demonstrate his kingdom. I love the fact that when Jesus heals uh, the blind man in in the chapter of Mark, I think it's Mark 4, um, he he takes this guy and he starts to put mud on his eyes and pray for him, puts his hands on his eyes. And the guy starts to look and he says, what can you see? And he says, oh, I, I see people walking around. They look a bit like trees. So the healing has been partial. So Jesus sticks with it and he does the same thing again. So there's a second stage to the healing. It's a process. And I think many times with healing, it is a process. You know, our healing on the streets team sometimes come back and they've seen somebody miraculously healed. But more often than not, they come back saying, we've prayed with people about Jesus. We've talked about who he is and what he can do in their lives. And and their work in process in terms of healing. But even better, they've introduced him to Jesus. Um, A friend of ours who used to be part of this church, her sister has had a a really serious cancer diagnosis and she does not yet or did not yet know Jesus when the diagnosis came and so several people started praying alongside the sister for her healing and uh, just praying and praying and praying. And then this sister who was just in a room uh, on her own had this incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues and didn't really fully understand it, and the sister has been able to understand that. But actually, all those who've been praying for her healing might be surprised to know that what God did was to just say, here's my Holy Spirit. And she responded by by speaking in tongues. Now, isn't that incredible that sometimes we're praying for someone's healing, and that's beautiful, 
But actually, the surprise is that really all healing is temporary. <laughs> all healing is temporary. And actually, what Jesus' heart is, is for that eternal healing. And that's why he's given us these charismatic gifts, because they're above what we can do. <laughs> There's stuff that we cannot do that God can. And that's why we desperately need them. There's a story... Um, of Lord Radstock in Norway um, uh, back in the 19th century, hearing a terrible noise when he was in hotel and just hearing downstairs this plinkety-plonk, awful, awful noise and realised that it was a very young little girl trying to play the piano on her own. And then he said suddenly the music started to change and became incredibly beautiful. And he thought, what's happened? And he walked down into the foyer to find that the girl's father had come alongside and was filling in the gaps and playing alongside her and the music was suddenly absolutely beautiful. Now it happened that her father was Alexander Borodin who wrote uh, the opera uh, Prince Igor uh, so he would be a good dad to play alongside you wouldn't he? We don't all have that but I think that is an illustration. If we as church are trying to do God's work without his power then we're a little bit plinkety-plonk. We're a little bit like a little girl who doesn't really know how to play but is giving it some. But actually, God says there's a, a breeze to this. There's an ease to it. Why? Because I, your Father, have put your Holy Spirit in you to beautify your music. So yes, play on. And it might feel a bit plinkety-plonk. But know that actually, as we delve into these gifts of the Holy Spirit, even over the next few weeks, that there are miracles that he wants to do in your life and through your life in my life, in your life, and through your life. And I would encourage us, some people have disconnected a bit from church, understandably in the pandemic. Some people perhaps watch alone at different times because it's easier, and I get that. Of course I get it. But actually, in praying for this talk, I think there's an urgency that we gather more and more again together. Why? Because we need these gifts. We need it. If we're doing church at home, we can pray for each other and minister. We need to be together here, and I know that's hard for some people but I think God wants us more and more to be together where we can so that we can encourage one another pray for one another minister to one another uh, going to just close with just a couple of thoughts um, G.K. Chesterton in his book The Man Who Was Thursday says this Listen to me, cried Simi. Shall I tell you a secret of the whole world? It is that we've only really known the back of the world. We see everything from behind, and it looks brutal. That is not a tree, it's the back of a tree. That is not a cloud, but the back of a cloud. Can you not see that everything is stooping and hiding its face? If only we could get around the front. <laughs> and I think sometimes that we can look at ministry and we can look at the, the world and almost look at it the wrong way round. If we look at it from our own strength, if we look at it from our own abilities, we can feel like we're at the back of it. But God sees everything. If you like, he is round the front. He sees what he's doing. He knows who you're going to meet this week. And that's exciting to me. Is it to you? You know, that, that actually he knows that person that's going to randomly knock your door and do your delivery or whatever, that actually just needs to know that they're doing a good job, that they're seen, that they're not invisible, that they're loved. Um, and let's risk it a bit, shall we? And I include myself in that because I can be quite a shy person. But just to say, God, this is not about our personality. It's his, his supernatural with our natural to give us boldness, to give us courage, to express his kingdom.